Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Ah, oh, fuck you now. <laughs> I forgot about all this. You're not the only one to have a catchphrase. You haven't got the exclusive yeah. on catchphrases, pal. Ha. Just listen back to when I first unveiled my catchphrase, listener. I'm talking directly to the lit cunters here, right? Listen back. For the first few weeks of me having a catchphrase, Andy poo-pooed the very notion of catchphrases. Uh, he, he tried, you know, you tried to destroy me mentally and emotionally, right? Not for the first time, and I very much doubt for the last you were like, this is pathetic, this is attention-grabbing nonsense, you're a sellout, you're, you're, you're cheap, you're performing cheap tricks, this is not what podcasting is about, you think you're Bruce Forsyth, you're not, Who, right? um, blah, 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 and you kept doing it, but because God. I will never and have never succumbed to bullying, right, I fought on through, despite the fact that, yeah, I'll admit, after some of those podcasts and some of the things you said... I, I went, I locked myself in my room and I cried. And I cried and I cried and I cried. And my wife would come into me and say, Sam, he's just jealous. Don't let him get to you. Keep doing your podcast. Keep doing your catchphrase. And I did it. And in the end, it caught on with the country. And in the end, you first accepted it. And you were like, fine, he's doing it. I'll shut up about it because he's obviously not going to stop. He's got bigger balls than I thought. And now look at you, you've got your own. And if anything, yours is more overtly commercial than mine. Who is the greater man? The man who can change his mind in the face of new evidence and new thinking, or the man who rigidly <laughs> sticks to an opinion no matter what happens? Who is the greater man? I was man? right to stick. The greater man is me. Was I right? Pow, pow, pow! Was I right to, <laughs> was I right to stick with my catchphrase? Yes, I was. History. When the history books are written, right, it will be quite clear that I was right because my catchphrase is in itself uh, a national treasure. Uh, was I was I right to stick with my opinion or to change it? To learn, to grow. I, well, only time will tell. I've learned, only time will tell, mate. I've learned and I've grown. Well, all we know at the moment is that you look like a hypocrite. And we will we will wait and see whether Pow 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 catch, catches on. And I would like to say I wish you all the very best with it. And I really hope it does become as popular or even half as popular as I'm Sam Delaney, so what? A hypocrite indeed. Okay. We'll see. We will see. Uh, this yeah. is the Keegan Odyssey. It is part, I don't know, it might be part 39, 40, something like that. Uh, it's exchanges like that that we've just had for the past two and a half, three minutes that's led to this thing dragging on as long as it has, really. Um, yeah. That's sure no sign yeah. of coming to an end. 82% of the book 
is the point that we're up to, which could be near the end because sometimes the last 10% is the index at the back and maybe a few pictures and some acknowledgements and thanks and all that. Should so, we go through the index? I'll, yeah, we'll just read it out verbatim over five weeks. Yeah. Just read it out and okay. then they cast our minds back to the various bits that are in the index. There's a really good... Here's a really good... Um, here's a really good game we can do in the final episode. Right. right. You read out three names or words from the index and I have to guess which one has the most entries. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or I have to try, maybe against the clock... Mm-hmm. To guess the top the the entries with the top the top five entries in the index, yeah. if you see what I mean, yeah. the things with the most entries, yeah, we, whatever, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> Don't that board? That's a brilliant game. <laughs> I just want that I is just brilliant. Want this, I just want this Keegan thing to end. <laughs> it's like Brexit. This Keegan podcast, isn't I it? I want it to end, but I'm also terrified of what will come next. I don't know if it'll be as good because I've kind of got Stockholm syndrome with this thing now. Well, it, the cunters need to start thinking. Side note, cunters, this could be over well, maybe by Christmas, don't know. Um, and then we'll have something else. And I am, I am. maybe it's just I'm in a good mood today, but I am happy and interested to hear the IFS members' yeah. opinions. And the general, the general listeners, the, uh, the yep. freeloaders, as we call them now. Um, they are... You want to... If you want, you know, we could give you some possibles... You've probably heard us talk about possible. I'll tell you what, I'll just stop you there. What what I was going to ask, because we've discussed this before, we couldn't come to a conclusion, but we'll ask the, the mm-hmm. cunters now and they can tweet us or whatever. Um, instead of a book, we were thinking of doing something that is freely available on YouTube that you could watch along with either before or after we do the episodes. We're not going to say what it might be, mm-hmm. but you know, would that be something you'd be interested in if you could watch it instead of a book that you'd read the along world with? At, the World at War. That would be the a good war, one, wouldn't it? yeah. Fucking hell. Voiced by Laurence Olivier. Yeah. I've got two DVD box sets of that by accident. Do you know what I'd like is to revoice it, but John Fanny Powder <laughs> do it. John Fanny Powder's World at War. Yeah. yeah. Here he fucking comes, <laughs> Hitler. Look at the cunt. <laughs> now. Thinks he's cock it, of the walk. Uh, what, wanted a bit of fucking Czechoslovakia. <laughs> I tried to do a bit of business there once. <laughs> I tell you. It's a close fucking shot. No wonder he had to send the fucking troops in. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, can we get on with Kevin Kagan? Mm. Okay. Yeah, we ought to. Come on. All right. He's at Newcastle for the second, third, whatever time. Second time mm. as manager. Uh, Mike Ashley's brought him in. This is the beginning of the Mike Ashley era. So we're talking about 10, 11 years ago. Um, mm. There's a, a team of directors and boardroom members who Kev does not trust from the beginning. Dennis Wise is involved as a director of football. Uh, and there's this fella, Tony Jimenez, who appears to be Mike Ashley's confidant, right-hand man. Mm. Uh, Kev says, I was, I knew it was important to build a relationship with Jimenez. I was intrigued by this guy and wanted to know how a property developer had found himself in such an influential role at one of England's top mm-hmm. football clubs. He certainly talked well, but was there any substance to it? <laughs> Kev says I did a bit of digging <laughs> not the kind of digging we like to talk about on Top Flight Time Machine but this was yeah. <laughs> digging for info I did a bit of digging yeah. <clears throat> I needed to think and reflect so I went out back with my dessert spoon <laughs> and got stuck into the lawn I went off to Liverpool and I went to the back room of that junk shop where I used to have my fan club office 30 <laughs> years ago everything was still intact 
And even a private detective's costume that I'd left there, I put it on and I became private detective Kevin Keegan. Uh, he says, Jimenez used to tell people he was involved when Juan de Ramos was interviewed for job of Tottenham Hotspur manager. Jimenez had also worked as a football agent, but his only deal of any significance was Celestine Babayaro from Chelsea and Newcastle four years earlier. Jimenez had risen without trace. <laughs> I did find out he had a background of sorts in football. It turned out this Newcastle executive, a man given the title of Vice President, brackets player recruitment, here it comes, had previously been a steward at Chelsea's home games. <laughs> There's Kev sticking the knife in and twisting it around and around and around in the yeah. in the front, in the chest of Tony Jimenez. Uh, yeah, outing him. Not just a steward, but a steward at Chelsea. The worst kind of steward. Do you know steward. what I mean? It's very much the... Op- it's like, you know, if you think of like the opposite to Newcastle, mm. it's Chelsea, isn't it? North face south, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, he'd been a steward. And he says that was where the link with Dennis Wise, formerly a Chelsea player, came about and how he had befriended some of the players at Stamford Bridge. So he's been a steward... He'd become mates with Dennis Wise and he's organised organised Baba Yarrow's transfer from Chelsea to Newcastle. <laughs> You've got to admire the balls on the cunt, haven't you, really? Yeah. There are some yeah, people yeah. like that who, <clears throat> you know, eventually they will get found out. But to have that kind of front and to just, you know, like Kev says, rise without trace, is, uh, that's brilliant. Um, this wouldn't have mattered if Jimenez could walk the walk as well as talking the talk. But it wasn't long before I began to suspect there wasn't a great deal of substance behind his big promises. Now then, Kev's right-hand man, who helped him out in this uh, assessment of Jimenez, was none other than Arthur Cox. (laughs) 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 He's brought Arthur Cox back in again. Arthur, Arthur, I need you to do some research. All right. (laughs) What do you need? (laughs) I'll go up the library. I've done some digging. I've done some digging. I've been up the microfiche in the library. <laughs> oh, yeah, the microfiche. Oh, you like going? that, don't you, Arthur? Oh, lovely. I used to love yeah. that. Picking out the little slides and, and seeing them, come, seeing them you... come to life under the microscope. Beautiful. Why didn't you use the internet? Fuck off. <laughs> don't trust it. What do I need internet for when you've got fucking microfiche freely available at the library? <laughs> We've got listeners. Let, let me tell you, microfiche has been here for years and it'll still be here after internet's fucking died. We've got listeners under the age of 30 who are now googling microfiche. <laughs> if you want to if you want to find out more about microfiche, watch any thriller from the 80s <laughs> or 90s where at some point the detective character will be in a library looking through some microfiche, right? Which I mean, I don't really know what it is or why it's called microfiche, but it's basically like slides that you look at in the library under a special machine. Yeah. And they are, and they usually have shrunk down newspaper cuttings on. And in in it, there'll be a detective or someone like that, and they'll be in the library late at night, and they'll be gazing into the microfiche machine, and they will zoom in on a news story, right, that suddenly reveals that the person who they thought was good, is, has in fact been living under other identities in other towns and killing people. And what the what the detective quickly does is stand up abruptly from the microfiche machine, <laughs> grab their Mac from the back of the chair, 
dash out and throw their <laughs> cigarette because it's the 80s and you're allowed to smoke fags in the library. And they throw the cigarette away and then they run out of the library to go and confront the killer usually i, I would so put, that's that's what microfiche is i would put forward the theory sam that microfiche is a more important and significant invention than the internet because yeah. it involves shrinking and i don't know how they did the shrinking i can see how they do the internet and that's fucking obvious but i don't it, well, know it how was to john microfiche it was wasn't microfiche it in 1862 that's correct yeah, yeah. see See these newspapers, it's right? Especially now in Victorian <laughs> times. They're fucking gigantic, right? Fuck it all. Because, of course, the Times of London back in those days was... I mean, what's the biggest you can oh, get? The, it was like... Beyond, it, was a, it, it, was a, it was size A0. It was the size of a duvet, wasn't it? Basically. Yeah, it was the size of a duvet. And, of course, only the gentry read newspapers. So, luckily for them, they would have two newspaper butlers, yeah, servants in their home, I, who would hold either side of the newspaper in front of I, them while they lay in bed reading I say it. duvet, but of course back then it was known as a continental quilt back in Victorian yeah. times. That's what it was oh, called. Eider down. Eider down. down. <laughs> <laughs> See these fucking newspapers, right? <laughs> Only posh cunts can read them, right? Because you need two fucking servants to hold them. It's the size of a fucking Eider down, right? <laughs> so anyway, I've worked out a way... Uh, your highness, this is in pitching to Queen Victoria. Yeah, like Dragon's you Den. Had to pitch, you had to pitch all business ideas in a Dragon's Den situation <laughs> to Queen Victoria in those days. You couldn't open a business unless she'd signed it off. And she would sit there with a stack of cash in front yeah. of her. And they go, well, what I've found a way of doing is shrinking, effectively shrinking the newspaper, right? Uh, and then you could only see it when you put it under an, a special light. And what do you call this invention, Mr. Microfiche? Well, I've named it after myself, Microfiche. That's what it's called. Very good. Here is your money. <laughs> but how did he? How did they? How did they shrink it down? Because a, a Microfiche slide has got like I don't know a month's worth of newspapers on it. How did they I'll do it? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. Don't you remember? You've probably done this yourself. Don't you remember shrinking golden oh, wonder packets in the, in the oven? oven? Put them in the fucking, fucking oven. Hell, of course. You do if you're if you're at home now. If you're one of our younger listeners, right, listening to this, you'll be amazed by this. Go out, get yourself a newspaper, <laughs> right? You know what they are? They still sell them up the shop. Get yourself a copy of the Telegraph because that's the only one that's still, still large sized, right? And that's I. That's the only Ida Down scale newspaper mm-hmm. left. Come home. Put it in the oven, stick it on about 180 degrees, leave it in there for 10 minutes, yep. see what happens. It's tiny. <laughs> Absolutely tiny, minute. But and still then, perfectly readable. And then you get a microfiche machine, put it underneath. And, yeah, uh, you can make a it. microfiche machine at home. Just get a torch, stick it through a shoebox. Yeah, right. a magnifying glass. And, and put your shrunken newspaper inside, see what happens, <laughs> blow your fucking mind. And then ask yourself why you're paying for internet. <laughs> you're paying through the nose for fucking internet. No reason. <laughs> 40 quid Waste a month. of time. <laughs> game changer. Uh, so, yeah. Fucking game changer, your highness. <laughs> <laughs> Bang! Bang! Look at that. Bow, bow, bow. Fucking game Game changer. <laughs> Uh, so here we are Arthur Cox Arthur Cox has been given a a rule Arthur Cox my long term ally had joined me on a deal until the end of the season (laughs) you're my ally aren't you Arthur I am Kevin yes very much so you're Kevin a lie 
You can rely on me. <laughs> when do I get paid? Is it end of the month or start? Not for the end. <laughs> a, month, a month in arrears. You know how it works. Oh, just I've got a few outgoings I need to deal with. Any chance of an advance, Kev? <laughs> no, sorry. There's not. You have to talk to Tony Jimenez about that. Oh, fucking hell. All right. That twat, according to the microfiche, he was a fucking steward at Chelsea five minutes ago. <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll just get one of them Wonga loans, because uh, I think they're sponsor us, don't they? Remember, Kev, the microfiche never lies. It's like the camera. <laughs> That's the difference between humans and the microfiche. Humans will lie to you. <laughs> humans will let you down <laughs> every time. Microfiche won't lie to you. <laughs> You can trust the microfiche. It'll be there waiting for you when you get home from work. It won't have fucked off with its Pilates teacher. The microfiche will always be your ally, like me and you, Kev. I am your microfiche, Kev. <laughs> anyway, back to the doll situation. Uh, I, I don't. These loans, they have very uncompetitive <laughs> interest rates attached to them, so I'd rather avoid it. But I'm thinking that I may have no option. Is there any way you could do me a, a personal handout, Kev? Just for four weeks? <laughs> no. Arthur, you must be fucking joking. I've been down this road before with Terry Mack. <laughs> never saw a penny back. Gene made me promise I'd never do any Percy's again. <laughs> Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jalapeño. Arthur Cox, my long-term ally, had joined me on a deal till the end of the season with the instructions to go around the whole club and let me know where we could improve. <laughs> Arthur's got a roving brief. He's going around the entire place <laughs> and coming up with suggestions. Um, Fuck you now. Arthur and I had been in the game virtually all our lives, and with our experience, it was never going to be easy to pull the wool over our eyes. We could suss when someone mm. was trying to blag it, and our first meeting with Jimenez, we didn't have any confidence in what he was telling us. Arthur was looking at me out of the corner of his eye. Kev, I'm looking at you out the corner of my eye. Can you see? Oh, I had noticed that, Arthur, Absol but thanks for pointing that out. Yes. Yeah. When I do it, it means that I don't believe a word of what someone is saying. This cunt here. Don't trust him. That's why Fucking I'm looking steward. at you out the corner of my eye. Listen, listen, Jimenez, whatever that, that fucking name's supposed to mean, right? Unless you're telling me about how to fucking 
control a bunch of fucking fancy Dan Southern fans at fucking Stamford <laughs> Bridge, right? Then you can keep your fucking mouth shut because you're well outside your fucking comfort zone here. The only thing I want to hear from you is where my seat is as an attender of a match on a one-off basis <laughs> where I'm not familiar <laughs> with the layout. <laughs> It's got uh, a bit of Jeff Kidd vibe there, isn't it? Let's put it to the test. (laughs) Let's put it to the test. Excuse me, I'm in row 30, seat 42, block H. Which way is that, please? tell me no. Answer. Well, I don't know what Stephen's talking about. Stamford Bridge. (laughs) Uh, It'd depend which side you came in. You don't even know your own job. (laughs) Pathetic. Pathetic, Kev. He doesn't even know how to do the one thing he's qualified for. <laughs> Arthur was looking at me out of the corner of his eye. Terry McDermott was getting the same bad vibes. So the three of them were in this meeting with him and us. It's Kev, Arthur Cox and Terry Mack. Um, we were all thinking the same. Either the game has really changed or this doesn't sound right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably the latter. Probably the latter. Uh, Jimenez was having to prove himself in front of proper football people and straight away cracks were appearing. He wasn't short of self-belief and he wanted us to know we should think of him as Mike Ashley's eyes and ears. Ooh. Uh, and also nose. And nose. And occasionally... And sense of touch. Yeah, and nipples. And almost, <laughs> always... Uh, and also the the balls. Taste. And the penis. Taste. Taste also. Um, he he says that he can always taste everything that Mike Ashley is tasting, and it's usually sausages. <laughs> <laughs> and brown beer. Yeah. Right, sir. He said the clear instruction was that we should always go to him and never the club's owner. So Mike Ashley was not to be disturbed or approached. Even <laughs> he says Arthur asked. I like Mike Ashley's style. Yeah. He's the boss. If I was the boss and I ran a club, right, or really being the boss of anything, it's really good to just sort of get a few people who work for you, maybe two or three, and set up a situation where no one ever fucking speaks to you about anything. Yeah, set up a barrier. Apart from maybe one person. Just fucking, look, I'm putting up all the money, so just you get on with it, and please make sure that no one ever bothers me with anything. Yeah. Set up a layer of insulation against reality. Mm. Um, yeah. So Arthur says, so if we're talking to you, Tony, it's as if we're talking to Mike Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> to which Jimenez <laughs> replied, if you talk to me, it is Mike Ashley. <laughs> uh, what? What? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so who am I? <laughs> well, you're, you're Arthur Cox. <laughs> right. And who's, who's Kev? <laughs> He's Kevin Keegan. So I'm me, he's him, but you're Mike Ashley. That's correct. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh. Right, you're going to have to give me a minute here because <laughs> I've never have to, I've never had to deal with this sort of situation does, uh, before. T- Tony or, or Mike, I'm not sure. Does this information appear anywhere on the microfiche where I can refer to it? <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, who's Terry Mack then? Terry Mack's Terry Mack. Can I just ask a question, Mr Jimenez? Who's my Gene? (laughs) Your Gene's your Gene. Oh, thank Christ for that. (laughs) Hello. Because that is one thing I would not be able to stand for. I'd draw a line there. Hello, I was. I have to admit for a second, wondering what it might be like, you know, if she was someone else. But, you know, that was a very fleeting thought and it's passed now. 
<laughs> Can my gene be Linda Lusardi? <laughs> Just for a night. Just for an hour, maybe. <laughs> Can my... Can my team be Rula Lenska? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's dead nice, Rula Lenska, isn't she? I don't know what Dennis Waterman was thinking, letting her slip through his fingers. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we had another meeting a short time afterwards, this time with Mike involved. That must have been really confusing. Because they're in there, armed with the information that Jimenez is Mike. Right. Oh, fucking hell, I'm seeing double here. Who's this fat bloke that's coming? <laughs> Who's he? I'm Mike Ashley. Ah! Well, then who are you, then? Oh, my <laughs> God, he's multiplied. <laughs> this is like Fantasia with the brooms again. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Um, we had another meeting with Mike involved and I was still trying to work out whether my suspicions about Jimenez were correct or whether I should give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he really knew by then, you know. Mm. Um, Jimenez started going through the same spiel about having access to young players from South America who nobody else knew about, bringing them to Newcastle and turning them into multi-million pound assets that would take us to the next level. How's he got these players that no one else knows about? What's this about then? Has he got some kind of camp set up in South America where he's breeding I've got young a, South I've Americans. Got a <laughs> I've got a set up in the Amazon rainforest, right? One of these ancient civilizations that no cunts ever come across, right? Fucking pygmies, geezers with fucking big plates shoved in their mouths, right? You know how you could go Real on the internet, right, buy a section of the moon? Well, you could also go on and buy a clearing in the Amazon. And I got lucky because uh-huh. mine's full of these fucking fellas. Now, I tell you what, when I first went there, half of them are start bollock naked, right? They're fucking up to all sorts, licking frogs the lot. I thought, fucking hell, I don't fancy this. I'm going to end up in a big pot being boiled alive in a minute. I haven't said right? that. There was a few birds knocking around as well with their tits out. But I have to say, they were quite droopy. So, you know, I didn't find myself... <laughs> Which isn't really... I didn't find myself triggered by it. Let's just say that. It was not really my cup of tea. So I thought, well... Maybe I've been sold a pop here, and the sooner I get out, up, out, the better. But you see, Tony, happens- Tony, your big mistake was you trusted in the internet to buy your clearing <laughs> in the Amazon. If you bought it from a microfiche, it would have been all right. <laughs> well, Thanks, Arthur. Th- thank, thank God I'd brought a little football with me. You know, not, not even a size five. Just a kiddies one. <laughs> so to pass the time of day, I fucking chucked it and started kicking it around them. Well, fuck me if they can, can't play these cunts, right? They'd never seen a football before. Some of them ran away crying. Some tried to kill it. But another one picks it up, starts kicking it about. Then they start having a little fucking game. I couldn't believe my eyes. Pace, touch, strength. Vision. Passion, everything you look for in a modern Premier League standard player. I thought I'm onto something here. And the beauty of it is they're all on free fucking transfers, aren't they? Oh man. Uh what Tony didn't seem to understand was these players from these countries would need work permits to move to England. And to qualify they needed to have appeared in a significant percentage of their country's senior national matches over the previous two years. Are they international players, Tony? What? Well, they're abroad, so yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you know, the ones with the plates in their lips, you've never seen anything like that in England, have you? So yeah, international, all the way. Um, <laughs> if there were young players, as Jimenez kept saying, chances are they wouldn't fall into that category. Everybody in football knew a system was in place. 
everybody, perhaps, except Tony Jimenez. <laughs> this is good. This is a good bit. As he went through all his plans, I had one simple question. How are you going to get these players into the country, I asked. Anyone with a semblance of football knowledge would have known what I meant, but his expression was of a man who thought it was the daftest question he'd ever heard. We'll fly them in, of course, he said. <laughs> How are you going to get them in the country, Tony? On a fucking plane. How do you think? <laughs> what do you think I'm going to do? Fucking stick them on an inflatable dinghy? <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, it's a wonder I did not burst out laughing. At the time, however, there was nothing amusing about this exchange. Fly them in, I said, trying to keep calm. I meant, how are you meant to get them a work permit? Jimenez blinked <laughs> dumbly. He didn't know what I was talking about, and that was the killer moment. That's the that's, oh. the, that's Kev's Columbo moment, isn't it? Where the yeah. truth gets revealed. When Jimenez blinks dumbly. One last thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. How are you going to get a work permit for them? Oh, oh, fuck, don't know. A work what? <laughs> don't be daft. <laughs> they don't need a fucking work permit. They just turn up and play. It's not how it works, actually, Mr Jimenez. <laughs> he didn't even appear to know the rules. This guy boasting about his amazing contact, this former Chelsea steward, who I was supposed to be relying upon to help me find players, didn't have a clue. I knew at that point I was working with amateurs. And I looked at Mike mm. Ashley and held out my arms as if to say, what the hell? And the moment I did that, I guess the relationship with Jimenez was broken. Yeah, because he'd, re- he'd undermined, I mean, that. That would have really that's that is a watershed moment because when someone has revealed themselves as to be that stupid, they're already embarrassed. But if you if you can't help yourself but hold your arms out as if to say who is this cunt yeah. after that, it's really yeah. hard to rebuild bridges, isn't it's it? It's tough. That, that's the that's the moment when it all uh, fell apart. Mm. But I mean, maybe Mike Ashley believed in Jimenez and believed that he was right. I don't know because he stuck around for a bit longer. Um, Kev mm. describes him as a bewildering character. He says this was a tragic comedy. Um, the man in charge of Newcastle's recruitment admitted during discussions over potential transfer targets that he'd never even heard of Per Mertesacker. <laughs> <coughs> right, first question. <coughs> have you heard of Per Mertesacker? <laughs> can't say I have. Oh, I can't work with no this. No further Come questions. On. <laughs> Does the name Per Mertesacker mean anything to you, Mr. Jimenez? <laughs> Nothing at all. Are you sure? Okay, case closed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd got myself. We'd reconvene. The prosecution rests. We'd reconvene the court that we used to use in my first time as a manager uh-huh. at Newcastle. I got all the gowns out, got my gavel out. Well, of course, I didn't have a gavel. I just shouted bang, bang when I wanted to use my gavel. Bang, bang. <laughs> <clears throat> Tony looked confused. Um, can you believe that he says Mertesacker made his debut for Germany four years earlier he was recognised as one of the outstanding players in the 2006 World Cup and been an ever present for his national team when they reached the final of Euro 2008 he's got that from a fucking microfiche hasn't he Arthur Cox mm. is fed of that information yet Jimenez didn't have the foggiest who he was um, I tried my hardest to retain a sense of humour and somehow I could laugh on occasion at the absurdity of it all but there were other moments when it made my headache to think what they were doing to a famous old sporting institution. Oh, I've got a blinder behind the eyes here, Terry Mack. <laughs> um, yeah, there we are. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Tony Jimenez bit. 
That's the Tony Jimenez story. That's the Tony Jimenez a bit. man who didn't know who Permatasaka was yeah. is a man not <laughs> worth doing any sort of business with. Yeah. And I mean that, as, and it's as true now as it was then. Yeah. And it's as true in any business as it is in football. Yeah. You know, if you're working with someone, you're trying to size them up, run the old Permatasaka's test exactly. on them. Exactly. Yeah. Right? If they fail, run a mile. Yeah. If they pass, give them the benefit of the doubt. Also, as well, ask them if they prefer internet or microfish. And uh, yeah, that's very telling as well, isn't it? But the reality yeah, is, someone internet or microfish. Yeah. Every time. How do you? How do you? If you if you've got a big research project on, or you're trying to investigate someone um, as a potential murderer, you're trying to do some digging into someone's background. What do you use? Internet or microfish or internet. There's yeah. only one answer. See what they say. Microfish they answer time. internet. You know that they're a fucking fly by night. <clears throat> right, we've got through another 1% of the book there, so um, we're on mm. course for whatever. Um, we'll be back with another one next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. TTFN. Mm. TTFN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.